Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you open up with me to Proverbs 4. I'm excited to preach this morning from Proverbs. It's part of this new series that we've been in. Well, it's not so new anymore. We're actually finishing it today, so it's old. Uh, But in Proverbs chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 20. It says this. It says, My son, this is wisdom speaking, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I want to preach part five of our series, Manager, finishing today. I want to preach a message, and this is a title. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. This is the title, Supply and Demand. Supply and Demand. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you right now, Father. Father, for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that it always breathes life to us. It always speaks to us, Father. It always helps us, Lord. Father, thank you that we can look to your word this morning, Father, as a way to do life better because it's your word, Lord. It's perfect. And it always helps us and it always speaks to us. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place, Father. And we just thank you for what's happening in Colonial Kids right now. Thank you that you love all those kids. And Father, we just thank you for the the green shirt volunteer army that is the leaders of Colonial Kids. Lord, thank you that they get bigger houses in heaven because they're taking care of all those kids. In Jesus' name, we all say together. Amen. That's not theologically correct, by the way. Uh, But... They, they sure do deserve bigger houses in heaven. No, it's amazing what's happening in Colonial Kids. And I love that. I'm actually blessed today because I didn't really even do anything until a few minutes ago. I didn't have to do anything. Are you grateful that we're raising up leaders that can get up here and communicate? And Liz Creasy and Aaron Creasy leading our kids' ministry. And Pastor Chris leading our young adults' ministry. And oh, it's, all, it's all good stuff. Speaking of young adults' ministry, this is really cool is um, Vanessa and Andrew Hoysey here. And I love it. Would you guys stand up for a moment so everyone can see you and wave, wave at everyone, say hi to Van- Andrew and Vanessa. These guys are amazing. They're visiting our house today, but they were the young adults pastors when I got saved at Hillsong Church in Australia. They were running Powerhouse on a Friday night and it was the place to be. And I was there. And I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you so much for being here. We want to honor you today. It's like having a bit of family here. It's like having a bit of family here. And I'm personally grateful, and you should be grateful too, that they saw something in me, at least to the a bit further than where I was at the time, because I needed all the help I could get when I first got saved, let me tell you. But so grateful for them. And man, life's just crazy, hey? Now you're sitting in our church, and I'm preaching. <laughs> Just got to trust God. (laughs) But hey, we've been in a a series called Manager. It's all about godly stewardship. It's all about understanding that stewardship, management, want to interchange those words a little bit because really they mean the same thing. 
It's about stewarding and managing what God has given us. In fact, I put up a, I wrote a definition. I want to put it up on the screen if we could throw it up there. But this is what I believe stewardship to be. Obviously, there's lots of parts to stewardship. But to me, this is what it encompasses. It's to manage and to grow the resources of another. Because we started this whole series with this idea, this, this truth, actually, that and this is what, how I wanted to set it up, but actually we don't own anything. Yeah. Psalm 24, Psalm 50, God is emphatic through, the, through those Psalms. He says this, he says, every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. It's all God's and we just happen to be the managers. Yeah. We just happen to be the stewards. So we started there. What's mine is not yours. What's mine is not even mine. It's all God's. So that's where we started. We started with God as the owner. He's the true owner. He owns the permanent deed. We just hold the temporary deed in this life. And we are the managers. And then I preached a message called Before I Do Anything Else. And I'm just sort of catching you up if you weren't able to be here for the last five weeks. But before I do anything else, I need to understand there's an owner's portion. It's the first. And I love that Pastor Chris was talking about that during the generosity moment. But we need to reserve what, what is God's. And God says, the first is mine. It's emphatic language. He owns it. He says, it's mine. And so we bring it to him. We reserve what's his and we go about managing the rest. And then last week was probably my favorite of all the messages, double or nothing, from Matthew chapter 25, which is all about the parable of the talents. But if you read it from the message translation, it calls, about, it, calls it a story about investment about how the fact is it's double or nothing because God has entrusted you with something and he's expecting a return. He's expecting you to bring something back to him. He's gonna, there's going to be a time. How cool is this? There's going to be a time in your life or when it's all over for you and for me when the master is going to settle accounts with you. The master is going to have a one-on-one meeting with me. He's going to sit me down and he's going to ask me to open the books. And he's going to ask you, and he's going to ask you, and he's going to say, how did we do with what I gave you? How did you do with it? How did we make out? Did it go well? And we've got to tell him what we did and bring him a return. But today I want to talk about the stewardship of ultimately the most important thing that's going on in your world and in my world, and that's the management and stewardship of the heart. You know, I've been using sort of economic or business sort of analogies through this series, and that's because that's sort of been my background. I haven't been a pastor up until three or four years ago, and before that, I was in the corporate world, and I worked in the, the, the investment world, and so last week, I talked about a return on investment, ROI, which is something you hear a lot in that world, but, but when I first went to business school, I learned about this principle. It's actually not really a principle. It's more of a law, the law of supply and demand. And see, a principle is a big difference between a principle and a law. A principle, it's sort of give or take. You can do what you want with it. If you want to live by the principle of honor, that's your choice. When it comes to laws, it's kind of like, this is the law. Like, it's like gravity. It's like it's going up, it's coming down. It's the same with supply and demand. God set it up this whole way. There's supply and there's demand. I don't really have time to go into all the detail, but essentially it's kind of like this. It's like as, the, as the, the, the demand increases, the price goes up and there's less and less supply and it goes to the opposite. There seems to be more and more demand as the price gets lower because people perceive better value. But there's always supply and there's always demand. There's always, if you think about it in life, there's always a seller and there's always a buyer. There's always a, a vendor, there's always a purchaser. Even in renting, there's a lessor and a lessee. There's always one side and another side, supply and demand. 
But you know, it's exactly the same with your life. And I want to come around this thought today, and I'd love it if you could write this down. Maybe this will be something you could unpack this week in your quiet time. But I want to come around this thought, this, this idea this, this morning, and this is it. My heart supplies what my life demands. My heart supplies what my life demands. And I'm happy to be honest this morning in church, but life can get pretty demanding. I mean, I have three small kids. Life can get demanding. <laughs> three small kids. Man, they can, they can get demanding. I love my kids. I would do anything for my kids. But man, I'll, I'll just be honest. They can get demanding. My, my three-year-old son, Charlie, day, 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 day. He's saying daddy, but he's three. Day, 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 all the way on a six-hour car trip. Yes, bud. Yes, bud. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. Yes, bud. Yeah. It's awesome, bud. Day. Yes, bud. It's just like, it's like I go to sleep and it's just playing in my mind. But life can get demanding. There are demands on you and there are demands on me. Life has demands. There's requirements of us. There's requirements and demands financially. There's demands on our life. There's family demands. There's relational demands. There's relational demands that exist. We live in a relational world. All kinds of relationships in all different spheres, different levels of relationship, and they all have their demands, different levels that require supply. There's different demands like career demands. You might be starting out a career and you could feel very demanded or your career is demanding a lot of you right now. You might be in an education phase of your life. Same thing. There's a demand on it. And the answer today is this. I believe God wants to nourish your heart in a way to supply you for all the demands that your life will bring your way. See, God wants to nourish your heart in such a way that all the demands that start coming at you, your heart supplies all those demands. Supply and demand. And it's so important that we understand, we talk about stewardship and doing lots of things, and it's all so important. I talked a lot about practical stuff last week. But even the practical stuff, you can draw a direct line between that stuff and what's going on in my heart. Supply and demand. It always goes back to the heart. It always seems to be a heart issue. If you look at the life of Jesus when he was on this earth, there would always be something that he would go directly to, whether it was his disciples spending time with them, or if it was the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, or if it was the people that he encountered along the way. Think of the woman at the well. Think of the rich young ruler. Think of Zacchaeus. It was always back to the same place, which was the heart issue, the thing going on on the inside. That was where Jesus always went to. He seemed to have this amazing way of just wading around all of the stuff of life and getting to what was going on in the heart. And so that's why we have to steward well, manage well our hearts and whatever is going on in our hearts. So point number one this morning, handle number one is this, is my heart requires management. We're in a series on stewardship, on management. My heart requires management. It just does. Maybe you've never encountered a pastor or a preacher that's even said that to you before, but it's absolutely true. Your heart requires management from you because you can cut, a, cut directly to the source of all your own troubles by managing your own heart. 
You can cut straight to the source of all kinds of problems. You might have a financial problem. You might have an issue with money. Can I just encourage you? You might have a heart problem with money. Something may have happened along the way. You maybe let go in a job or seen something happen to your parents when it relates to money. Someone, so maybe they, they didn't do so good and all of a sudden you've got this issue with money and now you have a financial problem. It's actually a hard issue. It's a hard issue. But if we go back to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Other translation says, Keep it with diligence. Keep it secure. I don't know about you, but it sounds a lot like stewardship. Keeping something secure, looking after it diligently. That's the role of a steward, a manager, is to secure the master's assets. Here's a thought for you this morning. Your heart belongs to God and you steward it for him. Once you get saved, you transfer that asset, which is your heart, into God's ownership. He owns your heart. You now just steward it, and it's our jobs to keep secure, to grow, to manage our hearts for God. I'd love it if you could write this thought down, but my heart is my responsibility. My heart is my responsibility. It's not my dad's responsibility. It's not my mom's responsibility. It's not even my spouse's responsibility. My heart is my own responsibility. And my heart needs to be stewarded well along the pathway called life because this is the truth about our heart. And I read the, uh, I did a lot of study into the, the, the Hebrew word of the heart and the way that the Jewish people, because when Solomon writes in the wisdom literature, he talks a lot about the heart as being the central part of our lives. And we now, for some reason in our culture, we try to separate that from thought. We say it's not really mental, it's a heart thing. But actually, it wasn't that way with the Jewish people. They saw it as all-inclusive. It's actually all-inclusive. It's really just whatever's going on on the inside of you, whether it's your thinking, your soul, your spirit, your will, your emotions, everything. It's the internal part of you. Everything. And so my heart needs management because my heart is the centralized control panel of my life. It's like my GPS. It's, it's, It's the central part of who I am. And the Bible talks over and over again about this centrality of the heart in our lives and how it's almost like if we get the heart right, everything else works out. Everything else goes well. But what's the fallout from a mismanaged heart? Or what's the fallout from an unmanaged heart? I believe it's a disengaged heart. A disengaged heart. Someone who's grown indifferent. Maybe things come up, issues come up. Life, life happens as life seems to do. And people just throw their hands up. They're not engaged. Their heart's not there. And they just say, oh, you know, I don't know. It's indifference. It's disengaged. Or worse, people can react to things that come their way and approach things in a way that really is unhealthy and begins to impact other people. So number one, our heart, our heart does require management. But number two is this, my heart requires constant attention. It requires constant attention. See, we can have things in our life that come and go that can have deep, deep impact, like deep impact. Recently, a lot of you would know our family, uh, family in our church went through a devastating loss, devastating thing, and it affected a lot of people on a lot of different levels. But I'll, I'll be honest this morning, it impacted me. I had a sad heart for what that family went through. 
It, it just saddened me. My, my heart was sad. And I just, I, I needed to take time. I gave myself a day off because my heart needs attention. And I wanted to be attentive to where my heart was at. I gave myself space for my heart to work it through. See, our hearts require constant attention. Week in, week out, month in, month out, season in, season out. Because the supply of my heart fuels the demand of my life. If we get that imbalance wrong, there can be issues in our lives. We need to remain attentive to the condition of our heart. See, a great manager is an attentive manager. A great manager, a great steward, isn't left unawares. Remember I talked a few weeks about a great manager runs a tight ship. Well-oiled machine. It's the same with your heart. It's the same with the, the central GPS of your lives. We need to be attentive. Remember in Luke chapter 12, it talks about an attentive manager. This is Jesus speaking about what stewards need to be like in verse 36. And he says, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast. So they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. See, we, need, we, we can't let things just happen in our hearts and just not be attentive to it because there's an impact. There's a fallout. Back in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Let this wisdom not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Or in other words, when wisdom is speaking, my life is going to benefit from this way of life. My life will benefit from, from this attention towards what's going on in my heart. My life's going to benefit because I've taken care of what's going on on the inside. See, we can teach our hearts to actually grow in this area. I love this about God. He's actually given us a heart that can be teachable to grow in certain areas. See, wisdom's a great example, but wisdom can take up residence in my heart. Proverbs 23, this is God speaking. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. Moses prayed. This is in Psalm 90, and he asked God to grow a heart that understood the true value of life. Look at it. In Psalm 90 and verse 12, it says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Accumulate, achieve, get, gaining wisdom on the inside. But if I was to reverse for a minute, what's the opposite? What's the opposite of that? Neglect. Neglectful heart means... Something else could take up residence. If we neglect our heart's condition, other things can come in. Other things can, can take root. Other things can begin to fester and grow. Here's the truth is no one grows a cold, bitter, offended heart overnight. It just doesn't happen. It's not like tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm like, you know what? I'm bitter. I'm bitter today. Like everything's changed for me. Yesterday I was happy. I was clapping at church. You know, we're a happy, clappy church here. And and then tomorrow I wake up and I'm just cold and bitter and twisted. It doesn't happen that way. It happens gradually. And that's why it's so important to be in church. We talk about coming to church every week. You know why? It's because every single week you might have a conversation. You might have an interaction with a leader. <laughs> I've got my old young adults pastors here. They know because I was just like this. But you need these conversations in life where people give you the space and say things like, ah, that's just not right. Come back over to the center. Come back over to where you're supposed to be. Don't let that fester. Don't let that grow. Move on. Because no one gets this kind of heart overnight. It happens over time. But Scripture's clear. 
that this is not a good thing to allow ourselves to go through or allow to come in. Because we can become negative. We can become stingy with our thoughts. We can become, you know, um, narrow-minded. God showed me this passage in Proverbs 15. It's amazing. In verse 7, he says, The lips of the wise spread knowledge. Then it says, Not so the heart of fools. Not so the hearts of fools. And it spoke to me so much because it says, If a heart's in not good condition i.e. foolish heart, something's going on, negative thinking, negativity, uh, poor mindset, stingy. All of a sudden, knowledge doesn't even get spread out. Knowledge won't even leave my life. I won't even be the type of person, because my heart isn't in the right place, that won't even share stuff that I know with the world around me. I'll hold on to it and become stingy, because my heart's not in the right place. But the, 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 the lips of the wise spread knowledge. It's like everywhere you go, you're blessing people with the words of your life and the things that God is doing. Everything's changing because, because you're just wise and you've got your heart's in the right place. Yeah. See, another reason that we need to talk about this in church life is because offense can run rampant in church. It can run rampant. The enemy has an absolute field day with this. And I don't know about you, but I'm on a personal mission to stop this from ever happening across the board. And talking about it because offense can take people off track. Offense can not only take people out of church, offense can take people out of the faith. Offense can take people so far off track that they stop even believing in Jesus anymore because offense got them so good. But if you study the word offense, it's where it's just, in the Greek, it's the word scandalon. And that's where we get our English word scandalous. And we think about if someone offends you in a way, like it really hits you hard in terms of an offense. You're like, man, that was like scandalous what they did to me. That's what that is. But let me read what the actual definition, because it's just amazing. This is what offense is. A stick for bait and a trap. Generally a snare, a stumbling block, an offense. This is what the enemy does. He wants to set a trap. He wants to bait you with a fence and he waits to see if you'll take the trap. He waits to see if you'll take the bait. So you come into church life. Maybe you, you go to a connect group. Someone doesn't say something to you the right way. Maybe someone doesn't call you back. Maybe something happens in church life, something that's just not even a massive thing, but now the, the bait has been set in the trap. And the enemy loves, he, he can't kill you because Jesus took care of that. Spiritually speaking, the enemy, he can't kill you, but he can take you off track. And the next best thing for the enemy, I believe, is an ineffective Christian. And there's nothing more ineffective than a Christian who's offended. But a believer who lives a type of life that says, you know, no matter what happens, offense may come to my doorstep, but I'm not going to get offended. I'm going to keep living for Jesus. It doesn't matter what someone says to the left or to the right. I'm keeping my focus on my calling. I'm walking exactly where God wants me to go. I'm staying on the path that he's given me. This is what God wants. This is what he wants your heart to look like. I was so pumped up last year when a friend of mine, Andrew Denton, Andrew and Vanessa would know Andrew, he came to our, he came to our church and did this amazing message for our Kingdom Builders thing, but he talked about the unoffendables. He talked about this group of guys that just decided in church that they would just stay unoffendable. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to stay unoffended. He even made wristbands and he, they, they, they wear them all the time. And he says, you know what, no matter what, someone looks at me the wrong way. Someone says something, someone may even be mean to me. 
I'm not getting offended. I'm not going to let that take me off course. My life's too important. My heart condition is too important to take the bait. Can I get an amen? Amen. So number one, my heart requires management. Number two, I believe our heart needs constant attention. And number three is this, my heart's condition tethered to my life's condition. Or in other words, what's happening on the inside of me is connected to what's happening on the outside of me. See, there's this progressive nature to this whole process. I'm not saying it's immediate, but it's outworked. And the evidence becomes visible in my life. Let's go back to Proverbs 4, but in verse 21. See, this is the wisdom that goes to the innermost part of who we are, our hearts. It says, let these words not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them. And healing, look at this, to all their flesh. So a heart of wisdom, which is embedded because I've decided to keep my heart soft before the Lord and allow Him to to build into my life through His wisdom, because God is wisdom. As I stewarded that, look look what happens. There's a progression. It says, as it comes in, there's life to those who find them. There's life for you and me. Not death, life. But then it goes on, it's, it's detailed. It says, and healing to all their flesh. What happens on the inside of you is connected to what happens on the outside of you. What God does on the inside makes its way to the outside. But here's the point. If you want to get well on the outside, get well on the inside. When it comes to your heart, can I just encourage you today? You might have come in here just thinking, well, it doesn't really... Not a whole lot matters. Can I just say, it matters a whole lot what's going on in your heart. If you're dealing with something today, you shouldn't go a single day further. You shouldn't go one step further without giving that thing to God and moving on. Because your life's too important. Your heart's condition matters too much. God has such great things available to you because this is how God works. He wants to take you from here. And we sang that song today. He loves us so much. He's not going to leave us right here. He wants us to go to the next place. He wants us to go to the better place. But if we have stuff going on in our heart, we have heart issues that we haven't dealt with. If we have things that are going on and we're not willing to confront them, we're never going to get there because we're going to be stuck here. It all begins with the heart supply and demand. I wanted to give you one practical thing just today. If you do have something going on, You've got a heart issue. It could be anything. Bitterness could be offense. You may have taken the bait, but for whatever reason, it's taken you off for a long time. Maybe there's just sadness going on in your heart. If there's an issue in your heart, can I just encourage you to do one thing? Tell someone. Tell someone. And if you're married in here today, the person you need to tell is your spouse. This is why. It's because God gave you your spouse Because that's the person that He gave you that put in your life to help you walk out your healing. The very person that you are in a covenant relationship with called marriage is the very person that God wants to use as a mechanism for your healing. Tell them. But if you're not married in here today, can I just encourage you, tell a trusted source, someone that is close to you. Maybe it's a connect group leader. Maybe it's a leader here in church. Maybe it's someone who's trusted, who speaks into your life. Can I just encourage you? Don't put her on your Facebook status. 
The old spray and pray doesn't work with this whole deal. But you've got to tell someone because to keep it bottled in is the worst thing you could do because you just put yourself in a prison. You threw away the key and you just, now you're just mad at the world. God doesn't want you to live that way. Yeah, God wants you to get your finances right. He wants you to, to manage your time well. He wants you to bring a return on your investment, but it all begins in our hearts, getting it right, being willing to be the type of people. And this is, what I, this is the type of church that I believe God is building here, is the type of people, a body of people, His church, that are willing to look on the inside and say, I need to fix some things. I need to deal with some stuff. And I'm big enough and... I realize that my life about is too much to God and there's too much going on for me to neglect this any longer. I'm going to deal with it today. I'm going to go and I'm going to ask for prayer. I'm going to text or call my leader. I'm going to tell them what's going on so they can help me. I'm going to talk to my spouse. You know, I'm going to go home and we're going to talk it out. We're going to walk into healing. It says healing for all their flesh. And I want to finish here. It's in Psalm 51. What gets well on the inside means I'm well on the outside. But in Psalm 51, this is what David says. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do you notice again the progression? He doesn't get the right spirit first. He doesn't ask for the right spirit. Other translations says a steadfast spirit within me. But he says first, he says, God, and this is obviously after David had messed up, things have happened, and he's repentant and crying out to God, but he says, God, create in me a clean heart. He says, just let me open up my heart to you and you just go to work. I need a clean heart. Clean heart, good life. And I'd love it if we were the type of people that just decided, you know what, enough's enough. If there's something going on, I'm big enough to admit it. I'm big enough to deal with it. I'm going to make something of this because you know what? God's probably going to teach me something amazing through this. And I'm going to walk into victory because I was humble in my heart. God dealt with me. God helped me. The Holy Spirit worked in me. And things changed. And now I'm in a better place. Now I manage my heart differently because when something's going on, I let God go to work. Supply and demand. God wants to fulfill every demand of your life through the supply of your heart. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. You receive that word. But I believe today is a day of new beginnings for people. I truly believe that today can be the day. I believe it can be every time we walk into church, God can do something significant in our lives. But I believe today could just be the day when it comes to something like a fence, maybe, you, maybe your, heart, your heart is hard towards people, towards maybe the church, maybe towards a family member. Or maybe you've just grown cold because of something that happened a long time ago. I wonder today if you would offer that up to God. Because this is what I know about God is when we humbly cry out to Him, He answers us. And he says, yeah, you serious about this? All right, I'm right here. That was amazing. We just asked Siri for healing. 
And Siri answered, it's just like God. All right, come back, people. Come back. But today, what is it for you? Where does it land for you? I would love it right now if you just ask the Holy Spirit, what, what, is, what are you saying to me through this message? What does this look like for me? What do I need out of this message? Because here's the truth. We all need to take a step because we're all on a journey. We're all in different parts of the journey, different levels, different stages. But every single person that still has breath today can take one more step. So what is it for you? What's holding you back? So what we're going to do is we're going to worship. I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. Jill and the team are going to lead us, but we're going to have leaders down the front, right down here. In fact, they're just going to start coming right now. They're going to start coming down the front. And this is what we're going to do. If you've got anything going on, it doesn't even need to be a big thing. It could be anything. It doesn't even need to be about necessarily what I'm talking about this morning. You just might, might need prayer for, for this, prayer for that. But here's what I want you to do. No matter what it is, I want you to come down the front. I want you to receive prayer because there's just something about us stepping out in faith where God then meets us where we're at and says, I'm going to bring the answer. So Lord, I just thank you right now, Father. Father, I just thank you that you care about our heart's condition so much, Lord, that you're willing to meet us when we offer it up to you, when we open up our lives to you, Lord, when we get honest with you. And so Father, I just pray right now, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would draw people close today. Lord, help us to deal with whatever the heart issue is. Lord, help us to be great heart managers today, Lord. Father, we believe, Lord, through all the demands of life, Father, you have this beautiful supply you want to give us. You want to supply every good thing that comes from heaven through our hearts to be able to outwork it in our lives. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, today for people that are dealing with whatever they're dealing with, Lord, whether it's offense, maybe taking the bait at one point or another. Father, I pray for relationship issues, Lord, where healing needs to come. Father, I pray for health issues, maybe, where healing needs to come. God, I just pray for provision, Lord. Father, I pray for willing hearts, willing spirits, God, to deal with whatever needs to be dealt with, Lord. Thank you that you are the great physician. Lord, thank you that you are the great help, and today is a day of new beginnings. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Can we sing? Can we offer it up to God right now? We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.